Hey, sweet honey. You're listening to episode 93 of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. We're going to be just hanging out in the garage tonight, so that's what you're going to get. Oh, and by the way, this week's Word of the Week comes to us from Dark Corner Garage. And since we are in the garage just BSing, I don't know 100% how many times we even say it, so I might just throw it in for good luck here and there. All right, don't be silly. Let's send it. You think I'm going to be silly? I'm not silly. Welcome to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast, your source for motorcycles, mayhem, and misinformation. Listen, I can barely tie a shoe, let alone figure out this thing. Kangaroos is leaping down the street every day. And isn't that funny how people say not to be an asshole, but you're going to go on to be an asshole. You're 41 and started a race career. My skin met the asshole. But these new new ways kit my... I sound like a fat, hairy, bearded sloth. I have to stop talking shit. All right, a couple of blurbs. Whatever they do with cocaine. All right, technically all chaps are assholes, right? Why I know, Brian actually, technically all chaps aren't ass- assless, are they, my good chap? Ooh, do you see what I did there? Um, so, hey, let's get this uh, show started the right way by me setting a timer so that I don't go over my preordained limit here. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is uh, the... Talk. I had to stop it and pause to think about what the first thing is that I wanted to talk about. First things first, um, you're going to hear some stuff on this episode. This episode is actually going to go out a little bit later than uh, originally hoped because the audio was eaten by my uh, editing software, and this is the second iteration. I really wasn't going to tell you that, like a little behind-the-scenes action, but it's important to me because uh, co-host Chris is going to be at the streets of Willow Springs. If you're listening to this on Saturday, the 30th, then he's there already, and you've missed him. And uh, I'll be doing the Grand Tour in L.A. on October 1st, so if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, you already missed that. So don't miss out. Don't miss us. We've been talking about this stuff forever anyway, that we're going to be doing all this great stuff, so get uh, get on our Facebook page and check it out, uh, where we have our schedule of events. Um, so first things first. Well, that was the first thing. Second thing, second. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm pumped for the upcoming retro stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen the little teasers of the SV650, maybe Scrambler. Uh, the fact that uh, Kawasaki is coming out with their uh, the RS, you know, the version of the uh, the Z900 RS retro. Uh, that's going to be super awesome. Also. Uh, Yamaha bringing the XSR 700, which is like when they were bringing when they were releasing the 900 and 700. I wasn't sure which one the states was gonna get, but turns out we got the 900 first. <coughs> Pardon me, and now we're getting the 700. So I'm just so stoked, and uh, I'm excited to see what Honda has uh, to offer us on the 24th of October when they finally let us know what their big surprise is gonna be. Part part of it's gonna be the Goldwing, we know, but part of it is probably gonna be uh, the Adventure Scooter. <clears throat> Excuse me, I almost just swallowed my tongue. Uh, part of it's probably going to be the Adventure Scooter. I hope uh, they're going to continue their retro line of the uh, CB1100 that they've been <coughs> that they've started. Excuse me, I'm so sorry about that. Your poor eardrums. Uh, so yeah, this whole retro craze that's happening is 
uh, pretty cool. And also Triumph is bringing back the Speedmaster. Um, and I don't know, go, you know, there's a lot of weird retro, uh, big cruiser stuff coming back and some retro classic stuff coming back. So it's pretty exciting. Um, other than that, uh, I'm kind of saddened this week, the 28th was the anniversary of, uh, Jethro Halbert, um, of course, crashing at the Calistoga half mile, um, in 2014. And, uh, sadly, in uh, 2015, he passed away, and then uh, in 2016, he was honored by the uh, the AMA when they were still running the the uh, flat track series before it became AFT, and they gave a really nice uh, statue there or a plaque actually, I think, at the Daytona TT headquarters um, down in Florida. And Sam Halbert started rocking number 69. If you know Sammy Halbert, he's number seven. He's always been number seven for uh, forever. And this whole year, he was rocking 69. Uh, and of course, for part of last year. And, and that was in honor of his brother. And uh, super stoked. Uh, co-host Chris and I talk about his victory at the X Games on his Harley Davidson. And, uh, you know, of course, he said this one's for Jethro. And um, so I was just kind of, you know, realized that this week, um, you know, that passed as I was looking through some some uh, news news articles that I had uh, saved from a couple years ago. And finally, I wanted to mention that the uh, the devastation in Puerto Rico right now is just nuts. I have a friend who um, just nearly had their house um, nearly burned down by the f- crazy fires that we had here in L.A. over on the north side that burned down into Glendale and all that stuff just like a month ago. And then also, you know, is from Puerto Rico, has family in Puerto Rico, and I'm always talking about apocalypse bikes and, like, joking around about, like, what are we going to do during the apocalypse. I have to say, you prepper guys that are prepping for when the government takes over, I think you're kind of nutty, but... Uh, I think that it's very appropriate probably to be prepped for when the government doesn't step in and help you for like, you know, in Puerto Rico, it's been like over a week right now. And uh, this person's family has been checking in and saying, you know, the security's getting crazy. People are starting to go nuts because there's like zero that hasn't been power for a whole week. Um, so finding, finding, uh, even cell service and being able to charge stuff on, uh, like auxiliary batteries or generator or via your car, if it didn't get flooded is, is nuts. Like charging up your cell phone to try to get to people. Cell phone towers, of course, knocked down crazy devastation on the Island. And you're like, Oh, well, who, why do we care? It's Puerto Rico, but Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is part of America. And if you think about, you know, when Pearl Harbor was bombed, and, you know, all the crazy uh, sentiments and, um, you know, patriotism we feel toward that happening. Well, Hawaii wasn't a state yet either. Hawaii is was uh, not a state until like 59, right? So uh, they weren't, they were just a territory as well when, when we were bombed by the Japanese in Pearl Harbor. So Puerto Rico uh, is just as much of the United States as Hawaii was when something crazy like that happened. And I think people are kind of forgetting about it because it is out in the ocean and it's kind of like tucked away behind um, some other islands. But man, the Americans there that are like going, I mean, the reports that we're getting and the reports that my friend is getting from her family is like, you know, security's crazy right now. 
and people are starting to act like they are during the walking dead. You know what I mean? Like people are helping each other out, but also people are getting pretty desperate and uh, looting and all, and all that stuff. So come on, man. Uh, turns out also maybe there's only one type of motorcycle that will help you in a situation like that because the roads are like crazy flooded and your bike wouldn't be able to make it, but there's one type of bike that might be able to, and we will talk about that motorcycle in our next episode. Now let's turn things around on the bright side in a tribute to wingman's garage. There's terrible audio. We're just going to kick it in the garage with no proper mics. All right, let's get to it. No, um, yeah, this brake lamp switch gave people the fucking problems, fits, and starts because it was. I've only had to replace it once. Yeah. You, you, when you replaced it, they probably gave you the new one. This is it's not a new one. It was, Maybe. it was, um, what the fuck was it doing? It was like shortened out or some shit because the thing was banging against. It was like too long or some shit. I forget exactly what was happening, but, but it was, um, fucking up. And. The dot five was uh, causing the ABS leaks, so they were. I know you don't have ABS, but that's part of the reason where Harley ABS is weird too. Yeah, at least the ones I've ridden. Like, dude, you can go up and lock up the rear, and then they just go away and unlock. And I'm like, yeah, but I still want you to slow the light down. <laughs> All right, well, you bastard. Should be, should be sliding in easier, right? It's a, uh, it's a bitch. Yeah. I'm like, no offense to bitches, right? (laughs) (laughs) I guess we're recording, which is totally what we're doing. Besides just dropping shit all over my motorcycle. Yeah. I'm a machinist, by the way. I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. You're the M in the. When you say I'm a man, they're like, oh, rad, I need something to fix you, a sheenist. They're like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, can you make me something? And I'm like, you're not that rich. <laughs> or I'm like, are you a mechanic? If so, I might be able to make you something. Yeah. Ask Speed Merchant Brownie. I make him anything I can. So Why? Because he, he's a mechanic. So last week, was it last week? Or was it already been? Yeah, it was last weekend, dude. It already feels like a month, doesn't it? Right. You, uh, well, I mean, technically it was two weekends ago because you already had this past weekend. Yeah. But, so it's been like a little over a week. But Chris's brakes started to fade on the old track day, Dinah, the TDD. <laughs> Can you believe this is a track bike now? <laughs> right? I don't even, like, I pulled the headlight and taillight off and I'm like, I have no desire to put it back on right now. Yeah. So it's the, rad though too, like the uh, Jiffy Tune and stuff. Like they know I'm going Saturday, and they're going Saturday too. So like all the posts are oh like, oh my god, they're like, no my shit. name's like fourth in line now. I'm like, dude, first for hooligans, fourth for this shit. I'm down. Radical. I just like doing stupid shit on motorcycles, really. Yeah. That's the cool thing about the ramming speed guys is because I think they they kind of do too in a way. Yeah, yeah. for but sure. A lot of the Cretans actually, I think, are friends with those dudes. Uh, maybe. A lot of the Cretans do vintage racing, at least. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. And I know Ramming Speed. I'm not 100% sure if he's their buddy, but I know a lot of them know him. 
uh, the yeah, because it turns out. I don't. Yeah, so he does like the vintage flatback days. Yeah, and then everyone goes. So I, he just likes to put the word vintage on him to feel cool. I think. Yeah, but I'm actually like I'm super stoked. I say that like joking around, but I'm super stoked about um, Saturday because like. I like old vintage race bikes, like old yeah. Hondas and stuff. Oh, dude, they're b- bitching. And I'm super excited to see, like, what's going on. But I did email him because, like, I'm taking my Ducati, and then... Um, Is that a pan that you're trying to... Oh, dude, it's even worse. It's like a bent-up keychain, that's and that's it. totally factory. Dude, I got a, I got a bunch of cotter pins in my car. You want me to go grab them? I don't even think it's supposed to be a cotter pin. Like, I'm pretty sure that was factory. You're going to look up a schematic right now. In my brain, I am, because I fucking... <laughs> let me think. I also like that you have cotter pins in your car. I have a shit ton of cotter pins. I just I get some at the store. Um, factory, I, factory. I think. I don't think that's a, a circular. I would have safety wired it. Yeah. I wouldn't have done a weird keychain. Yeah. Right off the top of my head, I don't think it's a circular keychain. <laughs> think it's a cotter pin. I think it's a, a cotter pin or like a little clevis. Not quite like an OG this clip, but that might be. Why does? Let me go grab fucking shit out of my car. Okay, get down. I'm gonna talk to myself, so you have to listen to it while you edit later. <laughs> oh, oh, if I hear my name and then if you motherfuck that guy, I'll, I'll know. <laughs> I lost my nut. Oh, there it is. I found my nut. The joys of being a shitty mechanic. Crawling around on the floor in a garage. So just so our fans at no home. At no home? Yes. At home, no. So I luckily live in Southern California, so I, ha- I might have a really cool motorcycle sitting outside, and it bums me out, and it would bum Emma out really, really bad, and the rest of Recycled Garage, but um, Emma and Liza would, they'd probably, like, beat me. They would probably, like, be my mom and bend me over their knee. It's a really cool vintage Honda. Um, and I have a 46 Plymouth. It's actually clean, so it shouldn't sit outside. So I'm trying to figure out how to make room. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bicycles, a Jawa Speedway bike, a motorcycle lift, but no air compressor to lift it up with my Ducati on it, (laughs) Uh, a Dyna, a CB400. In the back of my truck right now, I have a Harley XG750 halfway to a flat track bike, and I have Trusty Rusty the flat track bike. And then I have a shitty toolbox, a couple shelves with oil and random shit, and uh, then some boxes full of more random shit. And um, that might be, I don't know, it might be pretty good. So if anyone lives near Pasadena and wants to um, let me store everything in their garage, (laughs) feel free. So... Dude, I, I downsize and I cry about it every day. I fucking gave away my air compressor because oh, I didn't have room for it. You know, my wife likes likes to move every four or five years. Not even that long. Probably every three years. And um, my wife likes to store everything in the garage, and I'm like, there's no room. And she's like, it's got your stuff in it. And I was like, that's why I know there's no room. <laughs> yeah, dude. You've got more bikes than I do, and I have two kids and a wife that have bikes. Oh, yeah. And that fucking Speedway bike is bitching, dude. That would be so <laughs> rad to rip that down to 7-Eleven for a big gulp one day. <laughs> Except it would run out of gas on the way uh, yeah, there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, not only does it hold a quart, it runs on methanol. Yeah. Oh, that cotter pin's bitching. Damn, dude, Look that, at that fucking... That looks pro. That's probably not factory hardware. 
We just put a Honda part on a Harley. Yeah, dude. This is and it's probably a GM part, actually. <laughs> I also don't like how they mounted the master cylinder to the frame. So to do all this, like you have to mount it to the bike to bleed it. Yeah. Like how bitching would it be if I could like leave it halfway off the bike and bleed it? No, no. way, way too much sense that makes. And I had a um, easy bleeder tool that my friend borrowed permanently. That would have been rad to bring over. Although, dude, I don't know how it would have worked on, you know what I mean? Like, I usually put them on the back. Yeah, but still, where's, oh yeah, you, that's a, that's kind of bleeder. That's the size, yeah. yeah. I should be nice. I mean, I guess you don't bleed it at the master. Like, that's ridiculous. I do have to be <laughs> careful. Like, sometimes, like, I had one of my Harley buddies, like, that works at Harley, like, oh, I listened to your podcast, dude. I think he listened to my, uh, not loud pipes, um, Riders yeah. on the Norm. Oh, good. So not any that you're talking shit about. Ah. I bleeped some stuff, Chris. <laughs> on a, you know on a, what's funny though? Like did you, listen to our, did you listen to our last one? To the end? I don't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, I was talking some. about. <laughs> <laughs> I bleeped some stuff, but I didn't bleep everything. It's funny, like I figured that was safe. I bleeped out any mention of any names and stuff. So that <laughs> I feel like like I'm a I'm a weird motorcyclist anyway, like. Because I love Harleys, and I feel like I'm a weirdo, and a lot of like weird motorcycle people don't like Harleys. And I get it, like I grew up, my dad never, has never owned one, but he's owned a thousand motorcycles. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this thing. I hate it, it's definitely a love-hate, but I love it. You know, so, it's fun. I also don't like, like, I like it because it rides well, and I do like the style, but it's like super stereotypical California Dyna. Yeah. Like T bars, yep. there's I'd, a fairing in here for it. You don't have a YouTube of yourself doing wheelies every five seconds. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't do wheelies on my Dyna though. Not that I couldn't, but <sighs> screw that in too much. My brake's too low, but that's all right. It's adjustable. You want to see some ghetto shit? Wait until you see what I do next. Oh, actually, I found some. Yeah, this thing's chewed, bro. <laughs> oh, that was me trying to beat it off. I, I, I know. Were you, you really trying to beat it off? Yeah. Did you buy a dinner first? Oh, cha-ching. <laughs> Zazing. Somewhere I have standard impact sockets. I don't know where. So these O-rings look pretty good. Some of them you have to work on and flip them. These are just standard O-rings. That's not the kind I was thinking of. And they came on. I like that. Yeah. Like, Honestly, and it's funny, like talking shit about rebuilding my master cylinder. So yeah, it mounts to the frame and I think that's dumb. However, to rebuild the master cylinder, it's like 68 bucks and you get everything except like basically the plastic reservoir, but it looks like a one piece master cylinder. It's totally weird. Yeah. The new ones are a remote reservoir. Yeah, it looks like, it's like a GM water pump where, yeah, it might be a pain in the ass, but you get every single thing. Yeah, like right in on it. Like, oh, there you go. And you're feeling these impact sockets that I'm trying to reach are metric. Judging by the bikes that are around. So I don't have a socket to fit this. So if you go like this way. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you should, I could have brought, I have a fucking shit ton of standard and metric. I could have brought, you should have told me. Yeah. There we go. I just bought a set of metric and I found a couple weeks ago my set of standard. 
I don't know what I did with them when I found them. You put them somewhere and said, here, I'm going to put them yep, right here I'm so I'm going to put them so I don't lose them. <laughs> Can't find them. <laughs> that's it. Every time. That's how it works, man. Because there's no room in my toolbox where they should go. Yeah, I definitely like adjusted that as low as it goes. Yeah. It's going to be too low. What's rad is when you do it like this, though. Yeah, dude. That's how I got it I've, off. I've done that before. Dude, I have straight made tools. When I was rebuilding my bug, I had to, um, I had to bend some brake line, and it wouldn't bend right how I want it. And my fucking father-in-law had left this block of aluminum for whatever reason. He just had, he found it or something at his house. I was like, ooh. And I took a Dremel, and I made a die out of it, and hand carved this, like, channel, and bent the... Tube with it and it fucking worked. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna sell these to people who <laughs> you know, have VWs, A, that they're trying to race out. That big population of people? Yeah. So, like how this is. And don't have a brake to a, you know, a tubing bender that. Yeah, can bend at that degree. You know, it was a it was a gnarly angle. That's why I had to make it. Roses full of the hoeing. Let me see that rusted ass screwdriver that I just pulled out of my toolbox. It was all yeah. wet. That's like a prison shank. I know. I don't need this little brake line thing anymore because there's no screw in the yeah, swing arm for it. Yeah. Uh, just up against on the swing arm. There's a hole. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Instead, I just let everything free float because, yeah. you know. Z -z -z when I took the front fender off my 250, um, oh, I made the mistake of not putting something there for the speedo cable and the front brake cable because it's drum brakes. And at first corner, I went around and it was like, z -z -z. I was like, oh boy, there's like a little nibble oh, yeah, mark. Right. My front brakes have been changed so much. I still have the stock line and it like rubs or did rub on the front fender. Dude, what side? Oh, yeah, you tell me what type of risers those are. Those are, those are eight inch Todd Cycles risers with about two inch um, chassis designs bars. Total broed out dyno bro. Because of the hand guards and the, and the risers? Oh, no, the hand guards. So those came. It's funny because then they got all popular too, but I probably saw them. I think some NorCal guys were doing it, but I was riding to work every day and your hands get cold in the winter. Oh yeah. And the first year I put them on, I took them off after the winter and the second year I put them on, I was like, nah, they're going to stay now. Yeah. But they're rad. They're just, I just run plastic. They're uh, like dirt bike ones that I bored out to be an inch. Yeah. I need a, I need to convert this into seven eighths. Hey, by the way, um, we didn't talk about it last time, but Chris's Ducati, I, we did an episode before on like chain pitch and all that stuff. Oh, I got a 520 on it, but when I bought this rear sprocket, <laughs> it was wrong and it was a 530. Yeah. But I don't know if like I ordered the wrong thing or they sent the wrong thing. Yeah. But it was too late and I didn't care. And the five equals how many eighths of width? The five is the well, pin to pin. pin to pin. So it's a half inch. It's five... Yeah, five uh, eighths. Well, no, that would be. Uh... No, it's it's 
sorry, it's five eighths. I think it is yeah. eights and it's five eighths. So and then it's, two is two eighths, so it'd be half inch. I think so. Three eighths would be. It's a quarter and three eighths uh, wide. Uh, yeah, and see, so that's why you got the. Uh, so so basically, Chris took his sprocket and turned it down to fit. Yeah. What do you what do you do I when you buy a two wash? You, you make it an eighth inch thinner. <laughs> and. Hope no one complains. Actually, it's my bike. No one does complain. Yeah. So that's all it is. Two eighths, five twenty versus five thirty is two eighths versus three eighths. And I wonder um, what the top ten list boys think about that because a lot of those guys run like great big chains. And I'm oh, dude, like eighteen feet of chain at least. Well, it's not. They run like big, huge, burly chains. And the thing is, like the debate is anyway that. Um, 520 is stronger than 530 because the pins are narrower. However, I think the pins are a little thinner on the 520. It's not just narrower. I think the side plates are actually thinner too. Yeah. Because a lot of those guys some... run like 640 or 540 or something. Yeah. yeah. They convert to like big old, but they're running tons of horses. It's funny to see those things too with this 16 inch tire on the back. And it's like. You just expect a big old, like, I don't know, like a 20-inch honker or something. They probably run, um, is this the top 10 list all DOT? They have to run DOT stuff, so they're running 17. 16 by 17. Yeah. They're probably 17 by 6 and a half or something. Yeah, they're pretty little looking when you see that big ass. Right. Especially when it has that alien versus predator looking fucking back end on it. And yeah, the so big. Little tire. The big booses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, Harley did a wonderful job in placing this master cylinder in a position where you can fill it up with fluid easily. Yeah. I think you're being sarcastic. I might be. It's right. But, dude, even your stock exhaust wouldn't make it any easier, I don't think. No. I don't think none of them care. They just, like, take everything off to work on it. Yeah, if you've ever seen a highly mechanic at work... I still got my exhaust in the ground last week too, and this exhaust is I know it's tight. high, dude. Real tight. Where did I hit it at? Right here. I'm wondering about the new fat bob, dude. Like how oh. far that thing can lean over. Not very far. This exhaust was like specifically made. So as much as I like make fun of the club style that my bike is, there's actually like a decent reason that it is that way. It's because I at least used to ride the shit out of it. And uh yeah, so the exhaust is like tucked way in for clearance. Like I had other exhaust and they would hit and I'd have like a two into one that goes below the foot peg and it's tucked way up. Actually, Bronny from Speed Merchant built it. And he's like, you hit it on the ground? I was like, sorry. He's like, no, he's like, we just tucked it way in there. And I'm like, I know, right? But I still hit it on the ground now. He's gonna, um, gonna need to make a scrambler pipe for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, that's what those guys had, and that's what a Kraus is making, too. Like, those guys had the front cylinder went below the foot peg, and the rear cylinder went above, and then they collected behind, and Sasha Kraus is making one that's, like, above the foot peg in general. Oh, shit. But mine hits back here. Yeah. And the bike's lifted a lot in the rear, so it hits, like, below or behind the foot peg a little, even though the collector is right in front of the foot peg. Yeah. I don't is know. It angled down? No. This is really? weird. Yeah. You know what, too? You gotta take into consideration the whole. I don't know. The, whatever's happening with your bike. Like, maybe the, compre the back is compressing harder 
as your because your weight's back here over the seat. Both times that I've hit it too, it's been like over a bump. Oh, okay. Because yeah, there's probably a bunch of other factors at work just besides lean angle and yeah. That'd be very nice to just figure that shit out for engineers. But yeah, there's also like. Yeah, I'm sure your shit's compressing as you're turning with your butt over here back over the rear shot <laughs> or some shit. Like your butt's right in line with that part of the exhaust tube. Yeah, much. it's way back. But even like those guys, it was funny how those guys were saying too, like they want to lift their bike even more. Like I yeah. have 15 inch shocks on the rear. No, 14. 14 was the longest that Progressive made for it. it their stock is 12 inch. And because of like the angle and that it's in front of the rear axle, you lift the bike more than two inches when yeah. you put them on. Yeah. Yeah, I try to stick some taller ones on my little 250 and it wouldn't go because the swing arm is just not long enough. Like I have, I'm like limited. <laughs> you start getting like weird swing arm angles too. Like yeah. our flat trackers, we deal with that shit a lot. Cause I'd take it off dirt. I took it off roading one time on some pretty hardcore shit. I got to the top and there was some dirt bikers and I was like, "Oh, you rode that up here?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I did." On fucking street tires too, buddy. Now I gotta ride 75 miles home. But that was like, I've taken it on a few dirt roads around here whenever I can find them, and it's just like that one was gnarly. And I definitely need more travel. But I think I've blown the rear shocks on it. So it's funny too. Like people freak out when you do that. Like you need a dirt bike to go those places and. Like, no, I don't. Like, it might help, but I don't have to have one. Uh-uh. Well, dude, watching, like, Butcher and shit do motocross tracks on this fucking right? story. <laughs> it's like, that, when I first started the podcast, before I started the podcast, for, like, a couple years before, I was, like, digging on those old 50s bikes where they would take fucking BSAs and Harleys and race them in the desert before when it was called scrambles you know yeah before the, was, before the old sleds and yeah. stuff and so seeing them do that I'm like dude this is just like rebirth of a yeah. new generation you know it's like a lot of I think those guys did it because they had to like they didn't have no, anything that's else what, and we're just doing it I think it's kind of the same reason like financially we don't have anything else yeah. either and I'm not like I like dirt biking, but I'm not very good at it. So I'm not going to have one more bike to take care of and to tear up and to crash. Yeah. So it's like, why not tear up the one I have? That still doesn't yeah. make sense. But that's what we do anyway. My first bike was a dirt bike. And I think I almost killed myself on it. <laughs> and I no, I mean, and I took it easy. If I were to go crazy like some people do, like, yeah. yeah. You can kill yourself on a 250. On a 125 dirt bike, you can. Like, they're more powerful than people think. Yeah. Fucking Travis Pastrana used to do backflips and shit when he was, you know, on his little 125. He used to race pro events in a 125 class and, like, past 500 yeah, and 50. Yeah, Like, they're not... Dirt bikes especially just are so fucking torquey. And well, if you look at even, like, sport bikes, like, look at a 600 lap time compared to a 1,000 lap time. Like, yeah. it's really close. Oh, dude. And when you're talking stuff, even, like, the Isle of Man. Yeah. The, the bigger... The, the crazy times get all the um, attention... But, like, the open class and the senior TT, but those 600s are fucking pretty close. Yeah. Like they're not, they're like a minute or two behind. And when you're talking over 33 miles or 37 miles, whatever it is, that's yeah. not too shabby to come in even five minutes over that length of time, you know? I just listened to Misfits podcast last week where they interviewed a guy that 
I guess he's a local up there and he's done yeah, Isle Man before, yeah. yeah. He did like the vintage one. Yeah, on his fucking Supermoto. Well, he did it before oh, Supermoto. This year he bought a 350. Right, yeah. The TT, the classic TT is what they call it. No, the Manx is the other one. Yeah, so this is the classic or something. I wonder, maybe I'll get lucky and he'll be at ramming speed. But I don't know what he looks like or his bike, so it won't matter. Yeah, they got pictures of him. He, I think he um, stays up there mostly. But dude, a lot of the my my friends are up there. I, I missed them. Not last, not this this April, but last April, I did a podcast from the Motocorsa Classica, which is like the Arma vintage oh, okay. racing, like. There's a triple crown. They got that one. Then when it out in Vegas, and then some, I think Chuck do Waller's the fuel line. And then where am I? Oh, I can spit it back into this one. It doesn't really have any left. I don't know if I can get into it. So. Yeah, what did we do with that package? I think I handed it to you over there. Did you? I did, and you set it next to those. Uh, that was a bad idea. You set it next to those uh, metric uh, the impacts. Oh yeah, no, my standard impacts. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, like, taking you to the track. It was interesting. At Santa Maria. Uh, at uh, Streets of Willow. Oh yeah. Cause like. I'm like weird with motorcycles when like I want to go push the limits, and I understand not everyone's like that. So. Trying to remember how I like worded it. I wrote it in my notebook. So like, what is your like, motorcycling goal? Yeah, dude, you and Liza. Is she the same way? Yeah, there's a. I'll give you that episode. Like, yeah, they had a whole episode on what's a biker, like what's a real biker, and she has this test. You ought to take it because there's probably some things on there that you haven't done. And then another episode of something like that. Like, I haven't ridden a trials bike. That wasn't on one of her <laughs> things, but. Definitely riding a Harley was, doing the iron butt was, um, there's a bunch of shit. And I haven't done a full iron butt, so I think like the minimum is a thousand. In a day. And I haven't done anything official. Yeah. But on this Dyna, I did 865 in one day. Yeah. With Sorry, a different not, seat. Not an iron butt, but close. Very close. Yeah, but most iron butts don't do them on Harleys. And especially not Dynas, they all do them on baggers. Yeah, true. And it was like, it was actually one of the worst... Like worst most memorable days, like it was just cold. I was yeah, like, dude, I left Sturgis. Miles in the yeah, cold. I left Sturgis and got into Washington, or did I get right before Washington? It was like cold and wet all day long. So you drove across the top where it's nice and yeah. chilly. I did a lap around the country. That could be like a whole episode. I did yeah. a lap around the country from Southern California over to Texas to New Orleans to Birmingham to Eastern Tennessee. These are like the main stops. Like obviously we stopped in the middle. Over to the East Coast, and then up to like Pittsburgh, or no, uh, Philadelphia. Sorry, got some cheesesteaks. Yeah. Went to uh, Hershey, saw the Hershey factory, saw the Harley plant that I think are closing, right? The one in the Pennsylvania. York? Yeah, York. They're only doing trikes and some of the baggers there now. Mm-hmm. They moved out everything else to. Went to. I want to say Kansas City, but is that... Kansas City's one, too, and they they moved some stuff back to Milwaukee, I think, too. That's where I was thinking. The motors, I think, are going back to Milwaukee. They call it the Milwaukee A, it should be. Yeah, dude. Um, And then went over to, like, Boston, and then up to Portland, Maine, 
and then across to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland and stopped in my hometown for a few days. That was the, like, when I said I almost <laughs> died. Indiana? Yeah. <laughs> I almost died, like, literally, and one of the guys on the ride that I was on died. Yeah. Spooky spoke story. That's, like, just a spooky story. Yeah. And then um, I rode over to South Dakota and visited a buddy of mine, and then over to Sturgis the week after it was done, and then up into Washington, and then all the way down. Is this buttoned up? Uh, yeah. It's tight. Oh, I need to tighten the brake back up. That'd be a good idea. I forgot. I lose. I was gonna take it off. And oh right, right. I just made it a floater. Um, and then yeah, like back down the coast. I was literally gone four weeks, and it was 9,700 and some miles. Sorry, it wasn't 10,000. Trust me. I really. I was like, fuck. I should go do 10,000. And then I was like, my ass hurts. I just really <laughs> want to be home right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like super fun and. I want to do a lot of it again, but what I want to do first, um, I know some of the people listening, I guess, because we probably get a lot of the Loud Pipes guys and stuff like that, and the Riders on the Norm, but I want to do the East Coast, like the Northeast again, like the historic. Yeah. I've heard it's pretty over there. Like Philadelphia, up to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, like Boston, Maine, like all the way up in Maine would be super rad. Because um, I kind of like flew through that part. Yeah. But... It was like it was super fun, and the Harley was actually really good. It it uh, held up pretty well. It's funny as I ran these on same tires. Baby. Yeah, on this one. That's. I have a saddlebag that I made. That tore I last that, time I went to Sturgis. That's a real cow leather. Oh yeah, dude! I went to the leather place. It tore it on this. I like literally made a template out of paper. It's um, I double stitched it all the way. Like, so I had this piece. Did you have to punch holes? Yeah. Yeah. This is all one piece, and then this. And it was funny, because the lady's like, oh, well, you want something like, hold its shape, and, like, you need to dye it. And I'm like, no, like, I want it like an old horse saddlebag that, like, hangs, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I can stuff it full, like, dude, I sewed the That's buckles nice. on. Yeah. Fuck. How, did you actually make the buckles? Yeah, you doubled them over and everything. Yeah, I punched the holes in them and all that. That is so rad. Dude, I spent, that, like, so much time doing that. Yeah. That looks like some shit that my grandpa, uh, he would find in his, in his like, yeah. shed, I guess you would call it. It's where he had all his farm tools and shit, but you would, he, would, he would need something, and he would just make shit, because that's, they live so rural. Yeah. And then I did, uh, I had another bag that's buried somewhere, and um, so my old seat had, like, a little hook. Yeah, I put this in. No, the other one I I think I said it so it went on here. I don't remember. This was for a different bag or something. So I did have I had like the bags were asymmetrical, like it was bigger on the left and it was on the right. Yeah, yeah, for the, to clear the brakes or what? Yeah, and then I just like I, no, just because I only made the left one to start with. Okay. Like I rode to Sturgis both years with just the left one. Yeah. But around the country, I added the other one, and it was just a shitty one I found somewhere. Um, if I didn't have my jacket, I would like bungee tie it to the rear. Yeah. And I did do like. I put a fairing on for that one, just like a nest fairing, not a big one. And I had this stock license plate bracket is like vertical. Yeah, yeah. So I had like a bedroll on there. It's like the little whippy do. Yeah. Yeah. And then so I could just like strap stuff across the fender. I did. Like it was super Dude, fun. Rad. Yeah. Like no sissy bar. It was just like it was pretty rad. Yeah. I wish I had this seat on there because this seat has um it's a saddleman. I should plug them. Um <laughs> 
The seat has a freaking driver backrest. Yeah. Holy shit. It's like all adjustable. Well, that's what that little hole tabs were. Yeah. So it's not right on the street anymore. Everyone made fun of me when I put it on, and I was like, you need to ride it. It's Wait badass. Till, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, they, in the HD P&A catalog, you see these, and I'm like, it's actually pretty smart. Like, when you're getting lumbar, like, tired, you know, and you're like, or if you pass out and have a heart attack, at least you can coast off. <laughs> when I saw a friend of mine, like, he had an FXR at Sturgis, and he had taken the third bag and, like, flipped the mounts around. So instead of being, like, a passenger seat and a bag off the back, it was like the bag was where the passenger sits, so he had a backrest. Yeah, okay. I was like, that's kind of smart. And there's a little storage bag on that thing, too. So Yeah. That's, I think it's more to just cover your stuff. Oh, okay. I thought that was a flap for it. I thought that little thing was a storage bag. But that's rad, dude. Yeah. That is uh, another... I don't know if that's biker shit or not, but... That's pretty biker shit, dude. Making your own saddlebags. Hey, Mike from... Uh, Mike from Motorcycles and Misfits, have you checked his leather shit? Uh-uh. Pretty good Fucking stuff. Eight. Dude, he just, like... They talked about how he's one of those dudes that just sits down and does something, and it turns out perfect the first try. See, I never did. Like, so I wanted to like tool up the side uh, of my bag like yeah, a number plate. Yeah, I, I like it plain. Yeah, I, mean, I just like it because it looks like. Uh, I had like a number nine drawn that I was gonna do like some kind of like the little western like loop thingies around, just a few, not like do the whole thing. But, yeah, I wanted it like a number plate on the side of the bike, and it was just one of those like. I sit down and do the leather, and it's so much time and stuff to do all that that I just yeah. never... Once I got that, I was time to go to Sturgis, and I left it. Yeah. The reason I like that is because it looks like uh, an old um, Desperado that needed a leather saddlebag. Yeah. Found some leather, made a fucking saddlebag. And, and that was kind of like the idea. I'm like, I don't want a fancy, like, all yeah. of you buy are like, even the leather ones are like this square shape. Oh, yeah. I was like, no. And it's like... They're engineered, but who knows how long. I've actually, which I see a lot of guys flip these shocks so the reservoir's in the front, but I've never ran it with this reservoir because it runs down the angle of the rear shock. Yeah. Like, it's it's angled to fit right, that rear right. shock. Yeah, it was like, it was a stupid project. Well, it turned out pretty yeah. bitching. I know. <laughs> I used it. I got a lot of miles out of it. <laughs> What's it. What do you need to do to fix it? Just sew that thing back on right there? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there you go, dude. Fucking Mad Max would be proud of you. <laughs> I know. So yeah, that is actually something. One of that is one of my motorcycle goals is to, speaking of going back to the full circle on that, is A... Uh, I read a blog post by some dude years ago, uh, probably a couple years ago, about his first bike. I forget what it was. It was like a 500 or some shit. And uh, it was probably like a G... What the fuck was those little Suzuki... Uh, the GS, right? The or GS. Is that, yeah, so that's what I wanted to say, but I wasn't sure if that was right. But something like that, like a GS 500. And took it, rode it as a commuter for a while... Then decided to, um, he wanted to do a cross-country trip on it. Instead of opting for, like, a touring bike or some stuff like that. Did it on the GS? Did it on the GS. After he got back, he's like, dude, that was fun, and I met a lot of track riders on my way. I want to, um, I want to, uh, do track days now. And so he basically did track days on it. You can set this. Yeah, let's sit on that thing. On my other, on my other chair there. Yeah. So and this is when you needed an axle nut for a Ducati. I know. No, I saw that at the track, dude. I was super yeah. impressed. Looks like, did it lose a couple of the, or was that a different wrench? No, that was uh, for that your was Dyna. A one, yeah. Yeah, dude. So I'm going to talk to Chris about this later because 
he's man after my own heart making his own shit. But that looks like <laughs> you should see the tools I make. Looks like a caveman used a rock on a piece of old bicycle frame. To make well, so a- like at work though, like I have access to SolidWorks. Yeah. <laughs> and I program our laser cutter. So what he's referring to is a laser cut wrench <laughs> to get a Ducati wheel and sprocket off. Yeah. When I do solid works, it's when I'm taking a shit, thinking about what I need to do next on my bike. <laughs> that was a solid works. So, so that was like kind of my question, like, like, do you want to do like, and I don't know, like some people just like to commute or they just like to ride around town. Yeah. I'm always the type like, and it's kind of like how I was, like I grew up, but it's like, I want to go race or go to the track. Yeah. And I'm not. It's funny, as much as, like, I race flat track, like, I have more fun practicing than I do racing. Yeah. Like, actually, like, track days are more fun because it's all about me and myself. And, like, yeah, I want to be fast or maybe faster than the guy next to me, but it's not like a race. Yeah. And I think the reason I like it, it's, like, you get, what do we get when we were there? Eight 20-minute sessions? I know, like, you got a lot. I was like, holy crap, this was a long day. Like, it was a long I day. I woke up, like, in pain. My arm was super sore from, like, hanging on. <laughs> I didn't realize it until the middle of the night. Yeah. But, like, even with flat track, like, I want to, um, like, I like, God, I hate how dirty motorcycle wheels get. I'm going to put a yeah. red sticker on this wheel. That's a horrible idea. <laughs> so, you know what? If you're going to clean it, that won't work. You're going to clean it, and then it's going to be... Or just on the flat so I can kick it a little. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I feel like I just cleaned this wheel and then went to the track. Like, the red stripe is not going to have hold up. But I'm going to put it on there anyway. <laughs> All right. Sorry for the noise, peeps. I know you can definitely feel like you're going to get your eardrums blown out. Note to myself, maybe edit this out so that doesn't happen. I was listening to us a couple weeks ago and I kept pausing it because I heard crickets outside the window. <laughs> Which we're going to hear here, too. Yeah. Like you, I don't I don't ride dirt bikes a lot. I haven't ridden a dirt bike in a long, God, year. I mean, probably like 15 years or more. Probably more than that. Probably like 115 years. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be 97 this year, you guys. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing the hundo. But uh, it's been a while since I've been on a dirt bike. Um, but I do like trail riding. Obviously, we were talking about bicycles, and I love um, single track and yeah. I love mountain biking. And I would love to take uh, part of that whole concept of that one guy riding his bike across the world or across the country, then doing a track day, then commuting on it and shit. Mm-hmm. I would love to take my bike, my 250, not you know my 550 or anything bigger than 400 probably. And do that, like race, race it in a little tiny class would be cool. I've already traveled like many places on it and, um, and then do, I've done some off-road, but I love to do like a agro scrambler like, and then take it to Bonneville and blow it up and then we just bury it out there. That would be nice. Just do like everything on one bike. Yeah. Like on one bike. I like that idea though. And I like when people do that. Like, like even if I had other bikes, I would... Like, if I was going to be doing something, I'd be like, oh, well, let me get the old blah, blah out and, like, yeah. we'll go do it. Like, I'll, I'm never going to get rid of that bike. That was my first street bike. And, um... It's really cool the way it's set up. I always wondered about you for a while when you're like, oh, my 250, my 250. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 250. I like the, I like the way it's, like, it's just set up rad. It's like... <laughs> Dude, it's cobbled together. The only... That bike came... After being wheelied down the street and then lit on fire, 
And then they're like, hey, do you want, remember that bike? Do you want it? <laughs> the one that we like trashed. Sure. Yeah, of course. I would love course, one I'll that's already it. tore up. Yeah. Somewhere I, around here I have a heat gun. I got hit by a car on it after my daughter was born, and that was rad, too. So it's been through hell and back, and that's I'll never get rid of it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get hit by a white car. Yeah. Sketchy. Heat gun, heat gun, where did you go? All right, guys. Are you going to pause them? No. Oh. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. With. Let's go look for Chris's heat gun. Hey guys, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we're going to rep 27cycles.com this week. If you need some suspension modifications, aftermarket parts, oil changes, tires, bodywork, powder coating, check out 27cycles.com. They work with brands like Speed Merchant, who sponsors Chris Wiggins, uh, Dave Mackey Engineering, Suicide Machine Company, Drag Specialties, and more. You can find them online at 27cycles.com. Hey, Motoheads. You looking for something cool, a cool gift for that motorcyclist in your life? Check out dailybikers.com. Daily Biker Dan has got you covered, and he's got so many things that are just awesome for the motorcyclist in your life. Check him out at dailybikers.com or dailybikerstore.com. Online. Where else? Nerd. Hey, before it turns, before we actually find this heat gun, uh, I do need to ask all the BS and we've done tonight about Santa Maria. Oh man, um, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I guess. Toot away, man, toot away. I'm gonna say that I haven't seen that many happy hooligan riders in a long, long time. Like, just everyone was super pumped, had a great time. Like, the way I did the race format. The way the prizes worked out, the um, dash for cash worked out really well, and they were all super excited. Even the guys that weren't in it, they were, like, just pumped. Um, the dash for cash even came down to a last corner pass. Hi. Yeah. So, it like, it worked out real well. Like, last, you know, going into three, he makes the – actually, I guess last, going into three is when he made the pass, and then he almost blew it, and the guy almost got him back in four. So, it was just, like – I went out on um, the way Santa Maria is. There's like a sprint car track, and we race inside of it. So I was on the sprint way, sprint car track straight away, and I could hear the fans like going nuts at like them making these passes and like duking it out for five laps. Like worked That's out great. really good. Um, the class structure worked out really well. Like the the street class didn't have the attendance that I want, and a lot of people are like, and I noticed this talking to like the writers on the Norm guys too, like. I think it was Wes that I talked to, but he, like, they want to do 19s, they want to do 19s, and I'm like, if everyone in your area doesn't have 19s, like, don't worry about 19s. Like, if you want to, like, if you're able to come race with us somewhere, like, yeah, see if you can't get a 19 on, but if not, don't worry about it. Do a street class. Like, if everyone's got Sportsters, you could do a flat track front tire, and then, like, a whatever rear. The Duro is what the kid that was running a 16 ran. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about those, and I looked those up extensively. Uh, yeah. A lot of inches guys use those so that's pretty cool yeah he was like super pumped on it he said it handled really well uh he was surprised the traction that it got and he was a street class yeah so he rode on it on the street obviously too so he yeah he still had his headlight wires his taillight was still on it and he doesn't want to convert it to a full hooligan bike like he wants to off-road it 
but he lives down in by somewhere by San Diego, and he's like, dude, I can go right off road and like go enduro in my sporty, and like, yeah, he didn't rad. even want. Um, and he ended up crashing anyway, so he didn't win. But he didn't even want to do the saddle and bolt on tail, excuse me, because he wants to take his wife on the back. Still. Okay. So he put some like tracker bars. He still had forward controls, but he had some like enduro tires, and he was ripping, having a good time. He did yeah. high side it and broke a throttle cable and screwed up the wiring somehow. And but that's all right. I mean, even like even that guy and that happening, like he had fun all night. He hung out all night after the crash. Um, Drank PBR with us all night, stayed in his truck like the rest of us, and then left okay. in the morning. So and it sounds like a relatively easy fix. I mean, yeah, honestly. yeah. I mean, he's got a couple bugs to work out. I, he had it apart like earlier this week, so I think the wiring was kind of quick, ghetto. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, all the fast guys, all the medium guys, like everyone is super excited. The fans were into it. The hand shifters were awesome. Everyone is super excited they were there, and they were super excited to be there. Um, so it, it worked out. It was definitely a lot of work on my end, but, um, it was super rewarding, like to not care about how I finished in the race was good. And just to see everyone really excited, you know, all the riders, cause like I said, we've had growing pains and I, I think like it's been a while since we've had an event where everyone is just excited. So I, I definitely feel good about that. Um, of course, Excuse me, it's getting late. Of course, there's like other stuff in the works that I'm already like. Part of me was like, I don't want to do this, and now that it's over, I'm like talking to the actual promoter again. I'm like, hey, so at this next event, like this is my idea for the next one, and he's like, yeah, I like it. So we might try some stuff at another one after the first of the year. So yeah. we might jump on with some speedway events at Paris Flat Track. No shit. And all the hooligans, like we miss Paris. We haven't been there in a while. So hopefully, you guys are excited about it. So walk us through it. You um, Friday night, you went up, and technically there wasn't an event Friday night, was there? But but no. uh, but you went up Friday night. Did you do track prep Friday night? Uh, my plan was to be there like early, early Saturday morning, and unfortunately, like when I got there, like still no one was there. So I got in the gate about ten. I like I slept in my truck. Hindsight, I could have drove up Saturday morning, but whatever. So I drove up late Friday night, no traffic, slept in my truck. I got up, went got coffee, went to the grocery store, and then um, I went back to the track. And then really when I got there, like, I was busy. Like, I was, guys started showing up. I was unloading, and then guys started showing up, and I was getting them their number plates and um, just working with the track and working with the promoter so that everyone is kind of on the same page and what we were doing, making sure the program was, like, set up right. And that was, like... A lot of my day like I was busy all day like I was able to race so that was really cool um, because there was an actual promoter and I wasn't the one like or an actual organizer I didn't have to sit out the race but it was still busy busy like the <laughs> whole time like guys would roll in and I'd what number did you pick okay here you go like getting them set up and it was stupid but a lot of guys especially the more amateur guys like they don't have cool like number plates so they're gonna like have these plates with the number that they asked for and they're gonna keep running them so, like, that's cool. Like, that's good marketing for us, too. Like, you know, we're going to see the, like, hooligans shoot out and presented by SoCal hooligans on bikes in the future, even when it's not a race like that. Right. So, that's cool. Like, guys were super excited. Even the tank shifters got number plates, and they were just excited because it's, like, a keepsake. Like, even if you don't win, like, you get a cool, like, it's such a cool, like, kind of prize to take home. Um, and actually, the trophies that I made were, uh, like, kind of based off a number plate. 
I don't know why I've had like some different trophies and some of the coolest ones I got were in England and they were like number plates. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, that's like a flat track tradition too to get. You yeah, know. you get your like number one plate if you win. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that was definitely part of it. Um, the four classes went smooth. Like everyone, like I said, like everyone was super excited. Everyone was just riding good, putting on a good show. Like we had a bunch of guys that was like their first time out on like borrowed bikes. Um, it was just a good time. By the way, for everybody listening at home or in your car or at your workplace, um, should we name off 65 pl- more places where people <laughs> might be listening? Uh, Chris is setting up his bike uh, as we've been yapping this whole time. So that's all the garage. Now that I've got the uh, the old cans pumped up and I can hear what you're hearing, yeah, it's, it's loud. But he's setting up his race bike. He's going to be again at a track tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. I know, does that does that trip you out? <laughs> it does. It's weird. <laughs> if anyone knows much about Ducatis, how far are the forks supposed to stick through the trees on an S2R monster? <laughs> and don't say eh, not that far because uh, there's like negative space in there, dude. I well, it looks like by looking at the forks, there's a little bit of room of adjustment that you can have them. Yeah. So I mean, definitely until it. <laughs> I mean, you can't go... Well, I meant like here where it clamps. Oh, right, right. And you can see where it tapers off, and you can see where it was. It was above the taper, so they were set up flush on the top of the trees. Right. And I was seeing pictures of monsters, and I'm like, that's not right. So I dropped them. I dropped the front end a half an inch, so hopefully it doesn't ride all weird. But I'll take my pancake. I I, I was going to say, it's funny how much a half an inch can feel. Yeah. Like how different it can feel. And the bike felt really good last time. Yeah. So it felt kind of light out of corners a little bit, but entry corners is what I'm worried about. But I'm like, with clip-ons, I'm like, do I want them in further? Do I want them angled more? No. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all ergonomic preference. How yeah. do you, how your wrist going to feel out there and how far your arm's bent and all that shit. Hey everybody, just wanted to mention a few things. Uh, Well, like I mentioned earlier, by the time you're hearing this, these things will be in full swing. Uh, You know, Willow Springs has been having a lot of crazy stuff lately, and the uh, flat track, the vintage flat track that was put on on the 17th by... um, I think that was uh, ramming speed. And then also on the 20, no, the 23rd, I'm sorry, the 23rd, that was the classic flat track put on by ramming speed. And it looked like they had a hell of a time while Chris was busy uh, kicking ass uh, with his event out at Santa Maria Raceway doing the hooligan shootout. Ramming speed was having a full blown mini bike race. I know there's another one. Uh, coming up somewhere in the country. I cannot remember for the life of me when or where it is, but there's some other podcast that always talks about it a lot. And uh, I wish I really, I, I think it's in October sometime, and I really wish I could remember. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. Pitcock, Pitcock, Pitcock. Hi, my name is Wes. I'm from Riders on the Norm. And uh, we're having the world's largest mini bike race October 14th at the compound. Make sure you check it out, ridersonthenorm.com. Thank y'all. Yeah, so uh, those guys, Wes, 
West Slayton. You guys are having uh, Big Scott. Props to you, buddy. Um, give give old West a kick in the pants for me, if you would. October 14th is another mini bike race. But yeah, so Ramming Speed's been doing a lot of cool stuff. They're also the ones that are doing this track day on the 30th that Chris is going to be at tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this, or last week, if you listen to this in like a, a week or two, or last year, if you just finding me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's some other really cool stuff coming up. Overland Expo has been uh, kicked off yesterday. No, kicked off today, actually, and is uh, going to be happening all weekend at the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. October 1st, the Los Angeles Grand Tour. Uh, you may remember us talking about the Donut Detour, the TT, which was the taco tour, and uh, the the one for pie, which I forget what it was called. Um, but uh, they're going to mix all three together. The Los Angeles Grand Tour is a small CC uh, tour day Los Angeles, and it's basically um, based on little cool bikes and food, and it's going to be uh, most of the day ride around town they're gonna end up um eating from all the places that they toured during these other great great uh events during the year it's gonna be tremendous it's gonna be huge and all that great stuff um also tracker cross uh halloween edition october 20th and 21st baby um that's gonna be out at the milestone mx park if you were part of the first track across you know how much fun it was what a great job mark from rusty butcher did putting it on so track across to halloween edition should be just as much hooliganism and uh, like a big two-wheel party uh october 21st new smyrna speedway down in new smyrna uh new smyrnaton state of new smyrna is going to be having a vintage and hand-built races uh, i think it's going to be a motorcycle show as well and then october or that rounds out october the 31st is going to be halloween here in uh united states um and probably whatever other countries celebrate halloween um but november 3rd and 4th this is the big one baby this is the sturgis of the west coast this is going to be race on the res and ivy league flat track racing presenting twisted throttles and uh, if you you need to follow cruise armor you need to follow ivy league and you need to Follow uh, Race on the Res, and you need to follow Twisted Throttles all on Instagram or their Facebook pages or whatever they have going on so you can keep in touch and see what's going down. They've been having a ton of bike nights and kind of like, you know, leading up to the show, there's going to be lots of cool stuff the the night before, like at the actual uh, event and then the day of racing. So it's not just like show up and watch some racing. It's going to be like a whole deal. And uh, there's going to be camping. There's going to be all sorts of cool stuff. Art shows. There's stuff I can't talk about. Um, you're going to just gonna have to show up and find out yourself. And keep reading the little flyers that Brian Bell's been putting out. Follow Twisted Throttles on Instagram. And uh, I hope to see you. The Misfits are coming down from Santa Cruz. And uh, I hope Cafe Racer Podcast comes out. I hope a lot of people come out. So, uh, yeah, why don't you come out and check that out and uh, meet all of us in person, kick us in the face, do whatever you want to do to us. Um, and then we'll talk about what's going to happen like toward the end of the year when where there's still not snow, where you guys are crying. But uh, one more important event, really, really important that I want to bring up that comes before Twisted Throttles um, and after Tracker Cross is Spooky Spokes. Now, folks, Spooky Spokes is the creative writing 
scary motorcycling tales and uh, spooky stories. Um, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be about you on your motorcycle as long as your motorcyclist send me a tale. And we'll tell it. I don't want to hear nothing like that you got out of a mad magazine or something that your your cousin made up to spook you. I want something that's really going to like make our the listeners poop their pants while they're listening to it. Like I want some legit stuff. I want something that kind of made your skin crawl. Like I've had some pretty hairy stuff happen to me and I'm not even like I'm pretty skeptical of most things, but when you get the creeps and you get creeped out hard, that's what I want. I want you creeping people out hard, hard creeping up in here. And, uh, like tonight, I just delivered some stuff over to, uh, Chris's house tonight. And Chris lives in a pretty spooky part of town. I gotta say, uh, there's not a lot of streetlights where Chris lives. Chris lives up on, you know, close to bear territory. Hell, we all live close to bear territory up here. People don't realize like Los Angeles has a ton of bears and mountain lions in it. I think it's all trash pandas and meth heads, but that's not totally true. Um, we actually live where there's like a lot of wildlife. And uh, so I, I, I was walking to my car. I was like, man, like this street is dark. And if I was, was to get mobbed by a family of bears or like a quiet stalking mountain lion, um, I'd put up a hell of a fight, but you know what? I could get gobbled. But then, like, what about that crazy cemetery right over there? Like if a zombie or a ghost decided to come out or like a vampire lives there or something. And then I was like, and hey, what about that clown down there at the end of the street? Like, there's a lot of scary stuff on Chris's street. Like, I don't know why there's a random clown wandering the street with like this weird weapon in his hand, but there was. And uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to hearing your guys' spooky stories. Please send them in. And uh, if you do have any other, and this is like worldwide, man. I don't care where you are. If you if you are living in uh, Nova Scotia, I know nothing spooky really ever happens up there. But if it does, can you let us know. Also, France. I want to hear what's spooky about France, man. France has got a lot of like crazy uh, history, and I'm sure there's like ghost stories galore in France. I think galore is the French word for galore. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, send us send us them in. Also, you guys, somebody somebody there is listening in Poland. So if you're you got some crazy Polish ghost stories, I'm sure there's a ton of crazy Polish ghost stories. Send them in. Also, like let us know what riding's like in Poland. I want to hear about it. Um, and yeah, man, just do it. Come on. Now let's get back to garage talk with me and Chris. I've bored you enough, but please, uh, I can't reiterate enough. Please do send us some spooky spoke stuff. Creative writing podcast at gmail.com is where you're going to send it. I guess that's helpful to know before I just tell you to do it. And then you're like, I threw a piece of paper at the mailbox and nothing happened. I didn't get on your show. Okay. You got to email it. Creative writing podcast at gmail.com. Send it. All right, let's get back to garage talk. I've, I've blabbed your ear off enough. We should uh, actually we should cover that real quick. So Shannon texts her one on Saturday. Yeah. On a half mile, by the way, she hasn't been doing. That's not really where she's been shining is half miles. So. She's been doing on the long... I mean, she's always killed it on the longer stuff, but I was surprised. And now she's actually within... She's, if she wins the next round and Colby Carlisle comes in second, I think she wins by one point oh, or something mm. like that. You know, where where I had figured it out is that, yeah, he would she would have to win both and still lose by one. But after I re-looked at the points, I, I think I was did my math wrong. I think if she wins the next one she wins by one but i mean Ooh. 
Yeah. That'd be close. That'd be cool. And that'll be, you know, like last year with Brian Smith and Jared Meese. Oh, that dude, like came down to the last race. Last corner of the last race. Yeah. Because Jared caught him and passed him going into three, and Brian was able to cut down low and pass him back. Right. Down the front stretch, and they finished. They didn't even finish uh, second and third. They finished like fourth and fifth or something like that. No, they were. I think they were second, third behind Brad. Are you sure? No, but that's what I think. My man Chris again with the details and the good memory. Uh, stick around for the very end of this segment to hear my opinion on that. For the singles, it's kind of like Moto Three. How everybody talks about like Moto Two and Moto Three being way more interesting than Moto GP because the season's already figured out. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Like she kind of, I was like, yeah, well, she's probably not going to finish. And now I'm like, oh shit, like there's hope. Yeah, I think all the like all the spotlights off me. She's already won it. Yeah, you know. Um, but at least my favorite writer, I'll say our podcast favorite writer, the guy we always talk about, yeah. Jeffrey Carver, with his Dude. first twins win of his career yeah he podiumed once or twice i think yeah, just I think once got, yeah i think he got Lima. a podium um and then but it was a second place right it wasn't or was it third no he got third okay because uh brian bauman won it it was the first race someone not on an indian oh yeah won. that's right brian bauman took that yeah and then him and baker battled and baker got him in the main just a little bit that's right but yeah i mean and Meese, that's right, because he promoted it and didn't even make the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. even make the main. That's Some right. jump in the starts, man. Yeah. Twice, twice. But I read an article, and um, I, I had heard this anyway, so I guess... I from, This is kind of an assumption, but I guess um, Carver had troubles like on some higher-money teams that he was on. And from what I understand, it was like he would go in and say, tell the mechanic, like, hey, let's put two teeth on the rear sprocket. And then he'd go out in the next race, and they wouldn't have done it. Mm. Like, either they didn't want to listen to him, or they didn't want to change it, or what. And so he, like, just wasn't doing it, you know? Like, wasn't riding the way he wanted to ride. The bikes weren't the way he wanted them to be. And uh, so he wasn't real stoked. So at the beginning of this year, he said he showed up to Daytona with one bike. Like, he started his own program this year. Total, total privateer. Like, you know, Sammy's on a team, even though it's not factory. Uh... Bauman's on a team, even though it's not factory, and Carver's like the true pri- privateer. Yeah, and uh, I mean even Texter. I mean even those guys have like mm-hmm. uh, at least big money sponsors. Yeah, Carver has Carver's Barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> which it's funny. So I was thinking like, I was like, oh man, this has to be like this awesome huge barbecue joint. I'm thinking like uh, the thing in Texas that's real huge. Um, not his you're like but his last name is carver so well, no like, so i knew it was obviously like the family place <laughs> yeah. so i looked it up online and it looks like this old house converted into a barbecue yeah, place. yeah yeah it's probably what it is like dude. half an hour outside of st louis yeah that's probably what it is and it's just totally like mom and dad probably help him out a little bit but he's just gonna rep it because he has nothing else to rep you yeah. know what i mean like uh We'll see what happens next year. I'm really interested now. Like, but I'm I'm totally stoked for the finals. Are you going to the finals? Yeah, I'm racing the finals. Oh yeah, that's goddamn. <laughs> that's right. That's going to be the second to the last Super round race. of the Super yeah. Hooligans. That's right. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, I'm going there for sure. I'll see you there. Like yes. literally, I'll see you out on the track. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't bump into you a bunch of the pits, but yeah, I'm excited for that. That final is going to be fun, even if we already know who's in the bag. Uh, you know, you know the other guys are pretty close as far as like when I think like points wise, 
Maybe nothing exciting is going to happen in the Twins. Obviously, the singles. I always forget about the singles, but obviously, the singles. If Shayna, oh, and it's up Kobe in the air. Yeah, it's up in the like, air. You know, even without a mechanical, if she wins it and he gets third or fourth, like it's back in the bag. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be really, really interesting to see um, that one. I mean, that'll come down for the points championship, but. You know, to me, the points championship overall—that's like a manufacturer thing and a team thing and a rider thing. Like that's what you want to win. But and for dedicated fans that watch all the events, and even though we've kept up with them, you know they're live on Fans Choice, and that's it. Like I miss a lot of them. I missed, yeah. you know, I was at Santa Maria yeah. racing. I missed the Texas race. So, but going to Paris to see the race, I think if you look at it as a single race. The Twins race is exciting. Oh, yeah. Like, Indian basically dominated the first half of the season. Bauman bumped them off their podium and... Showed that they now, showed that they were beatable. Yeah. I mean, up until then, they had at least one twoed everything or maybe one threed. Yeah, they swept the podium like six times, I want to say. Yeah. And, like, most of those were within the first nine races. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't six, maybe it was four, but still, that's like half the races yeah. where it seems like they were unbeatable. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes along and, like, yeah. knocks them off at of first. Which yeah. I guess round two, um, Sammy Sammy was on point to win it or get second. You know, that was a, that was a crash, so that kind of mixed things up. But really, though, like... You know, you look at Bauman, you look at now Carver, you look at Johnny Lewis even in third. Like, that's a podium, that's a battle to race. And he got third his first time on the bike. Yeah. What's he going to do out here? And then you got Mikey Rush has been riding really good this year. And Paris is a pretty local track for him. Yeah. Kale Copeman, Paris is a local track for him. Um, so it's, it's really going to, I think it'll come down to a, a good event. Yeah. And Brad Baker, I'm kind of wondering where he's going to finish because the last few years he was ramping up and then this year I don't know what happened but he kind of seemed to stutter a little bit um, for for a little while there he did so I'm interested to see what happens with him and also you know guys that we forget about like Henry Wiles we all he he when the Peoria comes around, he's like the king. But yeah. then, like everybody else, forgets about him like <laughs> the rest of the year. But he does pretty good. Like shit, the Buffalo Chip. If he hadn't cased it, I think he would have taken that. Yeah, but it's it, far out there. It's you know, a, he's a good short track dude too. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what yeah these guys that you you kind of forget about you know do in this last battle when when there's nothing on the line except for and even know, the Harley glory. guys like Brandon Robinson being fifth. Kenny Coolbeth, you never know. He's had some really good runs, and he had some amazing heat races this year. Mm-hmm. But just unfortunately, in the mains, always something happened, you know. So, and I feel like he's a good rider, so you never know with him. Obviously, like looking at Buffalo Chip, you never know with Jake Johnson. Um, you know who? You know what's funny too? When when Indian was developing uh, their bike. Obviously, they had Jared Meese on board. They had also talked to... I, I went back and looked at some of Indian's promotional stuff from last year, and they had talked to... Um, Corey Texter. They had talked to Corey Texter. And Harley was talking to Davis Fisher for the XGs, but then this year he didn't get... He, he was their factory rider. He rode for him last year as a factory That's rider. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, he was their factory dude on the XG uh and I was really surprised that they picked Brandon Robinson over him this year. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't remember Brandon Robinson if he's always been a factory. Mm, Harley. What dude. I understand with Davis, uh, he was upset after the last round, and they 
between him and Vance and Hines and Harley, there was just like a rough falling out. Okay. Um, and it's hard. I mean, makes you wonder what that falling out was. I mean, you know, I think he wasn't satisfied with the bike. Um, and that's evident by how the other guys are doing on it this year. And, and, you know, I think there was a couple races ago and some happened. It was cool. Best motor locked up and it high sided him. Like he was kind of upset because it wasn't the first time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, plus he threw coolant and took out Brandon Robinson yeah. and Jake Johnson in um, uh, Oklahoma City, I think, or I forget if it was OKC or where it yeah. was, but what his bike just spewed. And I think last year was even worse. And Fisher had, like, where was it? He high sided and broke his wrist. Like, he had a, a rough year. And I think that was the culmination of a bunch of not necessarily bad ideas. Like, you see a rider like that and you see the potential, but, like, it was his rookie year on Twins. He was on a totally brand new bike yeah. from a totally brand new team. He was like a development rider, basically. He was. And he's, you know, he pulls into the pits in a, because I was at pits and saw them, in like a box truck or a box van next to Brad Baker's semi-rig. Yeah. They both say Harley, <laughs> but there's nothing other than that that's alike. Yeah. And, you know, that's changed for this year. But, you know, a kid like that, and it goes both ways, and I'm not totally agreeing with him, but a kid like that wants to go out and win races. You know, he was, I don't even think he graduated high school yet last year, or maybe he just did at the beginning of the season. Like, he wants to go out, and he wants to be Sammy and Brad. Those are his, like, local buddies. He wants to run up front, win races, make a career out of this. And just because he got a factory Harley paycheck probably wasn't obviously what Brad's was anyway. You know, if you're not winning races, then what are you doing it for? Like, if you're not feeling competitive, if it's just a paycheck, then it's not, you're not passionate about it. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I didn't get to see, but I guess um, at the end of the year, he was upset and walked off upset. And So his move makes sense to you from a racer standpoint? Um, Him getting in trouble makes sense from a racer standpoint. And knowing who he probably got mad at or someone that was there... Um, I see why he's probably not back. Like, <laughs> where I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think, like, I think in the situation he's in now, like, if he has four or five bad races in a row and his dad's mechanic in for him, he'll get pissed off and yell at his dad and walk away, and the next day it'll all be better. Like, they'll, they'll figure it out. Where on that situation, you know, riding for that team – he couldn't do that. So I don't know. I mean, I think the thing was was he's a young kid, full of piss and vinegar, wanting to go win races. It wasn't happening. And he didn't think he was to blame. And I, I don't I don't necessarily obviously watching him ride this year, he wasn't necessarily to blame, but um yeah, I don't know. I mean that's that's a tough situation to be in. You know, and I it's like I said, I think it's tough for Cool Beth and Robinson and Johnson. Right. Like They've gotten so little reward as far as, as good finishes and podiums this year. Like, you know, and they're all like, we're getting better, we're getting better. But as a racer, like, you know, and again, like talking about Carver, who quit all the big money teams to do, to totally basically fund it himself so he could have his mechanic with him. Um, That's a big deal. I mean, does yeah. some, some people, you know. And, and it's, you know, he said he showed up to Daytona with one bike. When I got to meet him in Arizona and like became friends with him in Arizona. He goes, dude, he goes, I emptied my bank account to come out here. He's like, if I don't do well these next couple of rounds, I don't know what I'm doing the rest of the season. And this is a guy that just won last weekend. Like yeah. he's had an amazing season 
you know, he's been in the hunt all season long. You know, totally at Arizona watching him, he was the only guy in the in the heat in the semi to keep Brian Smith honest. Like he had some bike issues in the main, but he was in the hunt all day at pretty well every race this year. So, you know, it it's paying off for him to do his own thing. And now when someone comes in with money, he can be like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. If you don't like it, then maybe we don't need your money. And I think a lot of people are, you know, a lot of potential sponsors are going to go, I want my name on something that wins races. Obviously, if you're winning races on that budget, if I increase your budget, you can probably win more races. Right. So it kind of moto, um, it kind of mirrors, in my opinion, Moto America when it was the AMA Superbike, and you could see it slowly declining, which is kind of funny because Flat Track has this year made a huge, um, yeah. huge gains. I mean, they made NBC Sports. Yeah, we we need to wrap this up pretty soon. <laughs> Are we gonna have two episodes again? Probably. Um, good for your wife, right? And good, good for your track days that are coming up. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll we'll cut it short there. We'll we'll just uh, you know we'll we'll talk about all that stuff later. It's like going to be one thirty in the morning if we don't quit. <laughs> yeah, right. It's eleven thirty already. So hey, it's good to have somebody with a good memory that can remember all the details about these races. In fact, I I couldn't remember the the finale of last season except for the fact that. Smith did win and that Brad Baker had like a 14 second lead. So it's good to talk to Chris. He remembers all these things about all these, uh, the races throughout the year. And I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. My memory is so terrible. So good talking to him. Good flat track speculation. Um, I can't, I really can't wait for the finals. It's going to be so awesome. If you're out at Paris Speedway on October 7th, expect to see yours truly out there, uh, rocking the number, big number one finger pointing at Wiggins every time he goes around the track you know what I'm saying so uh, that ought to be a lot of fun and uh, we'll hopefully we'll see you guys there let's move on to our next segment which is Instagram shoutouts let me find a mod moto yeah no much moto mucho moto uh, maybe he, does, he, does he draw yeah. stuff? He's a, yeah, he's an artist. Yeah, Sharpie artist. And this is what, and that's why I'm gonna pick him this time. And uh, the other one I'll do later. So if she's mad, she'll be mad. So um, mucho moto, m u c h o m o t o. And what I like about him, he's a Sharpie artist, like he said, and he has daily doodles, and he draws something every day, usually motorcycle, car related, sometimes just awesome related. Yeah. Um, Sometimes Star Star Wars related. Star Wars. Um, here's a uh, Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. Um, just awesome, awesome sketches. Um, I've been I've been following Mucha Moto for a couple of years. Do you want to know something secret? What's that? I I noticed. Uh, so I don't know if it's that secret, but there's an MM in every oh, single everything. one. Oh, everything he puts drawings. it in everyone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, there's like a Ducati, and it's right in the center of the. Yep. Like he puts his little MM and everything. I love it. Um, yeah, he some of them he hides them really good, and like. Yeah. You got to look for it, and some of them are, is like you know the belt buckle says MM or something. That's like right in the underside of the door. That one's a hidden one. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good hidden one. Yeah, he's uh, so check him out. He's um, super talented. You will you'll not be disappointed if you're into uh, 
I mean, he's got one from a few days ago that's a huge squid with a mustache and says no sport bikes. Yeah, that's obviously for the no distinct, pun intended. Distinguished yeah. gentlemen's ride. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and the squids. Yeah, so it's just like it's cool to see every day like what's different. And I, for one, like I love Sharpie artists. I'm kind of jealous on how people can do like black know, and white right? and make it look so good. Like Jeff Wright from Church of Choppers and FTW Co. is a perfect example. Like all of his shirts and stuff are hand drawn. So Yeah. I think I'm going to do that too and rep uh, Nate Bickham, who does a lot of the Ivy League stuff, I think. Uh, I talked to Brian Bell, and I think he said that Nate Bickham does a lot of that stuff. Oh, cool. But I think some of his artwork, if Brian, if I understand this right, it's been a couple months since I talked to Brian, but I think some of Nate's artwork might be at the Twisted Throttles event oh, cool. in their little art gallery because it's going to be art and, you know, it's going to be everything motorcycle related. So Nate does a lot of cool stuff. I've seen noise cycles um, in some of his art. I haven't seen a Chris oh, Wiggins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't either, but I've seen a, uh, I think he's done a Jasper one. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 he yeah, did. He did, he one did Jasper, a Jasper, right? yeah. So, so he does all, it, it's cool. So It goes from like line drawing to photos to, um, you know, almost looks like a photograph that's been just photoshopped a filter on it. Like he does some really cool, cool stuff. So, yeah, two artists uh, making it creative, creative writing. Way to go. Right. <laughs> All right. For us. Chris Wiggins, do you have any cool sign-offs? Uh, okay, good. Me neither. I guess we're ending the show with this part. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. One final shout-out. I'd like to say hi to Eric from Jiffy Tune, JiffyTune.com. If you go down to JiffyTune.com, you can check it out. They offer a full range of dyno tuning services to bike owners in, quote, great America. That's all of America, baby. Uh, they have a mobile tuning center featuring a DynoJet 250i, which can absorb 750 horsepower. You ain't got that type of power, bro. If you got a Harley and want to ride like a goon, get you some power at Jiffy Tune. JiffyTune.com. everybody that's been our show what an incredible episode 93 has been we are looking forward to our 100th show obviously it'll be in seven weeks uh if you'd like to submit something for that send it to the same place you're going to send your spooky spoke story which is creative writing podcast at gmail.com thank you everybody for uh playing along and uh thank you so much dark corner garage for sending this week's word which was Chris, buddy, I know if you're listening to this, you are en route or at Willow Springs, my friend. And uh, hey, have fun out there. Take it easy on Juan. Get some good recordings. Don't break the recorder, dude. And watch out for that creepy clown at the end of your street. He looked like he meant business. If you're out at Willow Springs this weekend, give Eric... 
from JiffyTune.com or Tony from 27 Cycles, a handshake. Tell him thank you for taking a Harley Davidson to the track and making it look like a hell of a lot of fun. listening to the show and you like what you hear please leave us a review in itunes a review did you hear me leave a review make up the review uh we got one new one recently thanks buddy i'm gonna take your advice we might ditch the first three episodes of creative writing they are tough to get through uh but yeah leave us a itunes review or institcher soundcloud google play uh podbean Podcatcher, Dogcatcher, Oddcruncher, Podcruncher, Nutsmasher, Facebanger, uh, Fingertapper, wherever you find your premium podcast, baby. Leave us a review. Let your friends know about the show. And if you have a cool topic, if you are a cool motorcyclist who's creative, or you have a cool story to send in, uh, Creative Writing Podcast is the place to get a hold of us. Uh, or you can get a hold of Chris Wiggins or I in person if you know what either of us looks like. Um, good luck with that. All right. Peace and grease, my friends. Have a good weekend. Bye.